Hello, I'm Dr. Lisa Belayo, and you are listening to or watching Radio Maine. Today I have with me artist Christina Thwaites, who is joining us from her home in Orno. Great to have you here today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So I was, uh, I'm interested in going back into this kind of remote world of uh, recording our radio show. You get to be the first one back in the remote world. And today it happens to be because we're experiencing a little bit of a, a weather issue. So up in, ba- up in the Bangor Orono area, I understand you have snow. We have kind of rain that's falling on our roof, but you have snow. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we have a lot of the white stuff coming down. <laughs> yeah. But you, that doesn't bother you because you're going to be able to uh, go out skiing once this is all over, if that's, uh, you know, if that kind of appeals yes, to you. If my children will let me. <laughs> yeah. Well, tell me about your children. Tell me about, uh, they're outside playing right now, and you've already warned me that it's potential that they could come in the middle and join our podcast, maybe. I hope not. They've been promised ice cream if they're very quiet when they come in. Um, they're five and seven. Um, I have a girl and a boy. And um, they are all that a five and seven year old are, which is very noisy and messy and take up a lot of time and energy. Yeah. But, you know, and are they school? So that's good. So when they're at school, I'm in the studio. And because of the weather, they're not in school today. That is correct. <laughs> Another school day cancelled for the snow. Yes, in Maine. <laughs> So how has it been for you in Maine dealing with weather, COVID, a five and a seven-year-old, trying to continue to be an artist during all of this, all of these interesting times? Tell me about that. I mean, I find the weather here quite hard. It's quite a lot in that question. Um, the weather, I'm English, I'm, so I'm used to sort of mild, drizzly, gray. That's my kind of, I'm okay in that. This is quite extreme for me. Um, I don't mind some extreme weather. It's just when you get, you know, three weeks, a month of really cold. And I must say it's easier now. The kids are older and they can put their own snow gear on, you know, when they're babies and when they're smaller and spends 40 minutes getting them ready. And then you go outside and 10 minutes later, you've got to come in because everyone's freezing. Um, Yeah. You know, it's a challenging climate, I think. And I don't have anyone to dump my kids on. I mean, I have a husband, but he also works. So, um, but we don't have parents or, you know, sisters or anybody around to come babysit. <laughs> so on a day like today, where you want to try to get back to your painting, how do you, how do you kind of navigate that? Oh, so there's, no, there's no navigation. I have to look after my children. Um, I mean, this morning it was negotiated with my husband, so he's moved all his meetings for a bit later so that he could do this or that I could do this. Um, he's He works at the university, so we're lucky enough that he has a fairly you know, flexible, I mean, he can be flexible, but he also, he's flat out with work. So it's it's juggling. I do a lot of put the kids to bed and then go back to work until I go to bed. <laughs> Um, but I guess lots of people have that, whether it's their kid they're looking after or another job during the day that they have. (laughs) Yes, I'm sure it's very relatable to a lot of people, but it doesn't make things any easier for you right now. You're, you're, You're kind of right in the middle of 
just a very busy time in life and compound that with COVID and bad weather. COVID doesn't make that much difference to me. It's the kids, <laughs> let's be honest. I mean, I'm alone in my studio, so I don't wear a mask to work and I don't have to social distance. And it doesn't really make that much difference. That's the truth. Well, good. Because I think for most people, that's been a big impact. Um, I mean, it did influence some of my work. I definitely made some work which is related, I would say, to the COVID world. Um, but I don't think it's affected me on a day-to-day -day basis in the way it's affected a lot of people. Well, let's talk about your work. And uh, let's start with the piece that actually that you have behind you. What, what Describe that piece for people who are listening to this on the podcast. So um, this is obviously a, a landscape painting. It's oil on canvas. It's uh, I'm just checking the dimensions on my piece of paper so I get it right. It's 26 by 42 inches, and it's called No Point Counting the Waves. And um, I guess the title is just to do with, you know, when you get to the coast, you have that feeling of timeless. You can just enjoy being there. Um, yeah, I mean, I've done a lot of landscape painting since I've been here in Maine, and that's really um, just because that's where I feel most happy when I'm here in Maine. <laughs> that's where I go to breathe properly. Um, I also just think the coast is stunning here. It's got um, the shapes and the textures and the colors and the light. And um, it's helped me get back to a, a much more sort of, um, I guess, playful way of painting um, where you're just having a, a more of a conversation about texture and shape and color and layering than specifically trying to communicate any, I don't know, profound message or anything else. You're just enjoying the process of painting. Um, and it's, it's quite relaxing to paint landscape, seascapes. It feels a bit like being there. So I guess it's my, <laughs> it's been definitely a way to feel, yeah, connected to the landscape and connected to Maine. <clears throat> in a positive way. And I guess that's what I do wherever I am. I have to sort of latch on to something to focus on with my painting so that I can feel more at home in that context. And definitely here in Maine, that's been the coast, the coastline. I mean, we don't live on the coast, but Orono is not far. It's like an hour. Well, that brings so we me... Quite often sit down for the weekends, you know, camping when we can and walking on the beach in our snow pants if we have to. <laughs> you're very flexible that way. That's great that you're able to just kind of roll with it. Tell me about this piece that's behind me. Um, so the piece behind you um, is called uh, This Is My Happy Place. And it's what I was saying earlier. I mean, going to the coast is my happy place, but actually it's not a specific place. Um, I'm not terribly interested in painting specific places. I paint the coast in Maine, um, but I'm not painting specific places in Maine. 
I um, <clears throat> I work from all black and white photographs. So I quite often go to the library and I or online I look at the historical um, archives of photographs in Maine and I pick out images and shapes that I like um, and then I'll do sketches and sometimes I'll like merge two pictures. Um, and I guess it's a way of me looking through old pictures to get a sense of the history. It's like a visual essay of the past, which I enjoy. And it's also helps me to keep away from trying to be too realistic and trying to represent a particular place or space, uh, but more a general feeling of shapes and colors and a response that's, I guess, more open to interpretation so that not just I can enjoy that game and that play of interpretation, but the viewer as well. So that when you see it, you're like, oh, that reminds me of here, or I see this and somebody else will say, oh, I, that, that doesn't do that for me, that I think about this when I see it. So that there's opening a dialogue as opposed to answering the questions of this is this place and that's the end. <laughs> I want it to be a bit more um, ambiguous. And sometimes things are more tight and you know, more defined and other times the work just sort of finishes and you're left with a kind of, I'm not quite sure if this is finished or not, I don't know. And, and that's what's nice about the black, black and white photos because they're a bit like that. Some of them are quite clear and some of them are crackled and old and by the time you've photocopied them from the book <laughs> and then you've sketched from them, and then you work from your sketch, you're quite a long way from where it started already, which is what I'm interested in, because I would like not just my conversation to be important with the work, but yeah, that of the viewer as well. When did you decide to start using the old black and white photographs as a means for inspiring the work that you do? Um, I've been doing that. Oh, really for ages, <laughs> like, I don't know, maybe 15 years or something, 20 years. Um, I wouldn't say since I started painting, but I didn't. I lived in Amsterdam for a while in an artist squat house. And um, before I left, my grandfather handed me a pile of old photos of the family. And I was like, oh, wow, these are really cool. <laughs> and I worked from the old photographs and... Um, it was really interesting because through the generations, you could see the family likeness. And so it was this really fun game of thinking, well, when was that photo taken? Hang on, that's the son of this person, but they look the same at the same age. But the photographs, you know, there's 30 years between them. Um, so it was like a detective game of me, I guess, doing a bit what I'm doing in Maine is I look through the photos and I piece bits together and I make connections which may or may not be there. And then I I work from the photographs sort of to get into the images and then they become something else on their own. And then by the time they're finished, they're a completely new creation in the world. <laughs> they're nothing to do with the, you know, the first the first image. So I started working then and then I just carried on doing it. I mean, when we lived, when we lived in Australia, I would spend, I spent quite a long time looking through, we lived in Canberra, which is the capital. And I spent quite a long time in the libraries looking at the archives. They have amazing collections of <clears throat> quite 
disturbing photographs of like the Brits when they got there and they took photographs of people um, a bit like yeah specimens it's quite horrifying <laughs> my, but part of my history um, and yeah I guess it's just that I, I like the old black and white photos um, as a starting point because you get some of the story but you don't get all of it and I also like especially with the the um the ones of the figures i mean these are these are landscapes but the i mean uh portland art gallery has some of my figure work and it's the same process and when i'm working from the photographs of the for the figures the photographs are sort of even more eerie than sorry of the <clears throat> the um the portraits rather than the landscapes they're very eerie because they have to be so still at that time you also have magnetic pieces, which is um, which is unique for the Portland Art Gallery, and I would say something that's probably unique just in art generally. Um, yeah, I've actually done that. Here's one I made earlier. <laughs> so I, I have one here just to sort of show how they work. And um, I, I think they are unique. I've not... I have seen people working with magnetic pieces before in a more abstract realm, um, you know, sort of Mondrian style, and you can move the you know, squares around. <clears throat> but I haven't seen anything like this, um, not that I know of, where each piece is sort of figurative and you can change the narrative. Um, and I guess this comes back to that whole part of the you know, the, the viewer being able to to be part of the work and um, have a conversation with the work, not explaining everything, but, you know, the viewer is given, uh, given the opportunity to play. And, um, yeah, they're quite complex works to make. I mean, each piece, I'm just going to hold it up to the screen so you can see, they're like a little thin piece of magnet. And um, I have work that's been uh, printed, painted. Um, they've got layers of protective material on them. They're not toys. You know, the, when the kids come near them, I'm a bit protective. Um, I'm sort of very interested in this work. <laughs> it's, being, it's a little bit like, I think, being a conductor, but you're not there of the audience. You want the music. Everything's got to be able to work without you. So you've got to select the right instruments and the right players, and then you've got to hope for the best. But the pieces have been very carefully selected so that the colours um, fit together, the size fits together. It will always be harmonious. There are lines to help you. Um, <clears throat> And, you know, it's a conversation in the family. If I have one of these on the wall and my husband walks by, he'll move it around and then I'll come back and then I'll move it. And when one of the kids will move it and, you know, it becomes quite, um, yeah, it's a part of our lives. <laughs> I have a big one in my bedroom and the kids are like, can we have a go? <laughs> um, and the, the other thing is, it's for me, I've, there's parts of all of my life that have ended up in here. So, I mean, this goose, when we lived in Italy, this was one of my geese. 
This is actually a screen print of one of my, it's the Lady Goose, and she's become a sort of representative part in my work of, you know, she's the symbol of sensible, level-headed <laughs> um, in this world of chaos. Because basically we had three geese and two of them were men and they were always fighting and they were very noisy and aggressive and she was just this chilled out. Come on, boys, calm down. <laughs> and then living in Maine, you know, we have geese and they're sort of this symbol of the nature and changing seasons. And, and then this little lady here with her, with her scuba diving stuff on, she's, that's sort of my COVID take on things. So she's in her bubble and she's listening to herself and she's walking around seeing the world through her mask. And I've done quite a few with, um, you know, the mask on. Like we're, it's almost like we've all been underwater, isn't it? And when are we going to come out? We, we, I feel like we're now we're coming up for breath, but then we keep having to go down again. <laughs> into our world of fish and bubbles. Um, so, yeah, there's sort of, there's lots of things that are coming together in this work. And then the backgrounds are obviously more abstract, which is interesting because actually I sort of play with them in the same way that I do with the landscapes. It's just that the final part of the landscape is more, um, it, it, it's creating a stronger bridge to the figurative world than this work, but it's actually the same process with that pulling and pulling, pulling and pushing, putting paint on, taking it off, the physicality of the paint and the process. <clears throat> Christina, you're originally from England, but even in this yeah. brief conversation, you mentioned several places, places that you've lived. Um, and, and this idea of home kind of being what you take with you is pretty central to your work, I believe. Yeah, I think um, it's taken me a long time to work out why, why do I paint? <laughs> and the reason really is I think it's my way of finding home um, and finding a way to be connected to where I am because I have moved a lot. I moved, you know, I left home in England at 18. And I lived in Edinburgh in Scotland, and then I lived in Paris, and then I lived in Mallorca in Spain, and um, then I lived in Italy, and then I lived in Indonesia and Amsterdam and Australia, and then we came here. And um, I feel like my life is sort of full of chapters. And the only, I mean, obviously there are, there are continuums, but... Um, my painting really helps me to feel part of where I am. And I think that's where the whole thing of, you know, enjoying the black and white photographs and sort of delving a bit more into what's around me. Um, I mean, there was a time when I was pregnant, I didn't do anything exterior. It was all interior because I was obsessed with myself as opposed to where I was. <laughs> so I worked on pregnancy. Um, and so that was a whole world in itself and my body. And there's another whole sort of, yeah, road in my work all about that. Um, <clears throat> but I guess it's all about just trying to feel grounded and peaceful about where I am. And the painting part is 
they're part of that. So sometimes I feel a bit schizophrenic in my studio and I realize my work sometimes looks a bit to some people like, oh, she's doing this and then she's doing this and what, what's the connection here? But it, to me, it's all the same. It's just different, <laughs> different same, same, but different. <laughs> I understand that. And I guess with the magnetic work, that's what's sort of interesting for me too, because I'm able to weave all the different pieces of these different worlds together, um, which is sort of interesting because you lay out all your pieces of magnetic stuff you've made, and then some put them together in a in an unexpected way, um, which is quite quite fun. I mean, I started making the magnetic work because, I, you know, when I was pregnant, uh, oh, not when I was pregnant, but when I had my kids, I didn't have any time. So I couldn't concentrate on large scale <clears throat> compositions and I didn't have any time for painting. So I would just make one tiny fish <laughs> or like a head. And then I didn't know where it was all going, but then I slowly, slowly, every, everything in the end feeds into something, doesn't it? in our lives. That's right. And I understand that um, in the not too distant future, there are plans for you and your family to head out on the road when your husband's on sabbatical. And he's a, yes. he's a, he's a professor of wildlife ecology. Is that, that's yeah. what he does? He's a wildlife ecologist. Yeah. <laughs> so um, that's right. We are going to pull our kids out of school and do homeschooling and, um, my husband is going to work from our little uh, camping trailer and we're going to go and have a look at the States because we haven't been anywhere yet. We've been in Maine, which is very nice, <laughs> um, but it's such a big country. It's hard to do weekends. You know, you can't nip to the Grand Canyon for a weekend. Um, so that's what we're going to do. <laughs> we might come back very quickly because it might be a disaster. Um, I mean, I really value my time in the studio. So for me not to be able to be in my studio alone might be hard for me. <laughs> how how long will you be gone for? That's a good question. I mean, we are not quite sure. We are going to go. A lot depends on my husband's work and how he manages and how I manage and how the children manage. And if it doesn't, if it's not fun and we don't manage, we will come back. <laughs> and if we do manage and it's fun, we will stay for, I don't know, until maybe June. How long is we'll his? We'll have to see how it goes. How long is his sabbatical for? Well, he has this semester off. So, um, I mean, he's already. It's sort of, I mean, it's, it's, it started at the end of the last semester, I guess. So I guess it's only part of the his semester, his uh, time, but he has quite a lot of students and a lot of commitments. So I, I don't know how he's going to cope. So it's most. But that means I have to step up, you know, on the on the parenting side. So I don't think that there'll definitely be. I'm not even sure if I'm going to take my paints. I might have to just uh, photograph, um, do sketching or something, which is fine. Um, 
I try not to mix my work and my kids. It doesn't work. I end up being frustrated that I'm doing bad drawings and paintings and frustrated that I'm not being a very good mum. So I try to keep them separate so that I'm 100% focused in my studio or I'm 100% focused on being a good parent. <laughs> and sometimes everything goes to be, yeah, everything goes, you know, up in the air. <laughs> so it sounds like it's a, it's a sabbatical from teaching. It's not a sabbatical from all of the responsibilities that he has at the university. Yeah, I mean, sabbaticals are really, I think, depends how you define what it's for, but I think it's for, you know, focusing on something like writing a paper, writing a paper or papers or collaborating or writing a book. Or So he has a number of things in his on his agenda that he would like to achieve work-wise. <laughs> so I don't know how we're going to manage combining that, but, um, you know, if you don't try, you don't know. So... <laughs> And you met in Rome while you were working for NATO and doing work that had nothing to do with art. Yes. Um, I mean, I didn't, uh, my degree is in French literature and history of art. Um, and um, I thought with my French uh, and I was living in Rome at the time, I applied for an internship and I worked at NATO for a year and I wore a suit and had a security badge and <laughs> sat at a desk and had my name on the door. And then I decided that I couldn't possibly sit in front of a computer for the rest of my life. Um, I mean, I've, I've always been painting, even all the other things I've done. I mean, my I've always been painting forever in my bedroom, in my doesn't matter where um it's not that that's ever gone away it's just I sort of thought that I would not have it as so much my career I thought it would be there but actually it's the only thing I want to do all day every day everything else seems um well I don't know once you decide you don't want to be in front of a computer that's a lot of jobs Yes. Yes, I would say that's true. It's certainly a lot of what I do. And I'm a doctor. You wouldn't think that's a lot of what I do, but you're absolutely right. I would. Nearly all jobs are in front of the computer. I don't want to be in the computer. Um, I just think it's bad for your health. <laughs> and it makes me feel weird. I can do a day, do my accounts and website, but I can't do loads of it. it, it it's it's bad for you. <laughs> it's bad for me. I don't know about everybody else. Um, I completely agree. Help me to be connected with the world. Yes, I agree. So, when you and I were talking earlier, you were, you were mentioning that your kids are actually outside playing in the snow, and it sounds like you do. Yeah, they came in. Did you hear it? They came in and they're upstairs. A little bit. I only heard a little bit. They did a great job. They deserve that ice slide. cream. It's not pizza butter on my roof. It's uh, it's their feet. <laughs> But, uh, but I love the fact that you're encouraging them to interact with the outdoors and also interesting that their father is a wildlife ecologist. So it sounds like this interface of, inter of interior, exterior for everyone in your family is very important. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, 
my husband and I, when the kids were small, we would argue about who got to go and shovel the drive. Because, <laughs> yeah, we need, I guess we're, we need to be connected to the outside. And I think that's why winter here is really tough. I mean, we count the winters we've done. <laughs> um, it, it, yeah, I think being, I mean, I grew up in a hamlet with 10 houses and a lot of cows and sheep. And I spent my whole life outside. So, um, and I think in my work that, you know, you can see that there's the outside and then there's the domestic, which is this kind of, and the domestic is to do with our culture. I mean, I just did one that the gallery has um, for Thanksgiving. There was this amazing photo in the main archives of this, you know, these kids in this big pumpkin. I was just like, oh my gosh, I have to paint that. Because people are obsessed with pumpkins here. I mean, it's hilarious. It's that sort of domestic, cultural side of things. And I guess those two worlds are not just important for me. I think they're important for everybody. Um, but I think for me, it's my, my, I'm a small world person. It's what's happening on, in my little bit of the world outside and my little bit of the world inside. Um, yeah. And cause probably it's the small things that make us happy or not. It's the notes on the fridge, isn't it? That make the difference to your day. <laughs> I agree. And I think what you're also describing too is this interesting um this interesting path that most of us take on our lives trajectory where there's you know sometimes you're more outward focused, sometimes you're more inward focused, you know, sometimes the creativity is um I guess broader and looking at the seascapes and sometimes it's being with the children and you know looking at the pumpkins. So I do think there's a kind of an ebb and flow and a, a, as I say, trajectory that many lives take that are similar to the one that you're just describing. I guess it's that just walking around trying to be mindful of what's around you. And if you have some understanding of what you're looking at and why it is the way it is, then hopefully we'll, you know, have a more enjoyable experience here. But I mean, for me, the painting is, it's like a yoga though. You know, some people need to go for a run. I need to get in my studio and slap some paint around. And I'm terribly messy. I get it all over my hair. And, you know, I arrive to pick the kids up from school and I got it skewed across my face. Play is the playful side of things as well. So you want, you know, I want to work on small some days and some days I want to work big and some days I want to work in wax and some days I want to work in ink and um, sometimes I need to draw um, and I think having a sort of varied toolbox um, <clears throat> and a yeah varied materials so that when I get down there my body can feel as free as it needs to be to do what it wants to do. <laughs> How did I guess you... it doesn't mean there isn't discipline, but it's a very physical um, involvement with the materials. How did you come to work with the Portland Art Gallery? Um, I contacted them and they said, would you like to come and see us? <laughs> and so I took some work rolled up uh, before Christmas and um, they very kindly 
um, agreed to meet me and I showed them my work. I, I usually don't, I don't um, have work stretched up straight away. I work, um, I buy rolls of canvas and then I sort of pin them to a board. So I took the work all rolled up, which makes it a lot easier for transporting. <clears throat> rolled it all out on the floor and they said, yep, <laughs> looks interesting. Um, so they've now got a small selection of my work and I hope, you know, things will go forward. But uh, it's a fabulous space and I'm very excited to be working with them. Well, I know they're excited to be working with you. So I, <laughs> I, I encourage people to go to the Portland Art Gallery and to uh, see your work in person, but also to take some time on the Portland Art Gallery website. Um, it's really been a pleasure to be speaking with Christina Thwaites today, and I hope uh, I get a chance to meet you in person, perhaps one of these days. Yes, let's hope so. Well, thank you so much.